0: Today's entrepreneurial community is bigger than it's ever been. From seasoned entrepreneurs to newcomers entering each day, they're all looking for a mentor, someone to guide them, someone who's grown and scaled the business to answer the questions that plague us in an ever-changing market each day. Welcome to the Connected CEO Podcast with Tom Cardella, where we'll attempt to answer some of these questions. Tom's going to share his vast experience from growing several companies, how you can be a connected CEO with your employees, customers, and the surrounding entrepreneurial community at large. Without further ado, here's your host Tom Cardella. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Connected CEO. Um, we are so excited to be here. Uh, Tom on, is going to be bringing you some great guests. As we've been moving forward, we've been promising you this, and and today is is no different. And I can't tell you how excited I am uh, that we have our guest today is not only someone that TLC and Tom work with um it, it just, they have a great friendship. And I think we're going to have a lot of good energy and a great conversation. um No pun intended, this is going to be a from head to toe conversation on all things. I think just, you know, what makes customer service great and what makes TLC great. Tom, uh, how are you doing today, Tom? And then we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll introduce Tim.
1: Doing fantastic.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Love to hear that. And, you know, we have Tim Harp here. And, you know, Tim is a guy, before I say where he's from, uh, when you see him, he just looks like a fun guy, and and I know this is a podcast, so it's audio, um, and he delivers on that promise, so uh, he really is just a great guy to have a conversation with, a great guy to engage with. He's with DSW, but Tim, I always say no one introduces themselves better than you do, so uh, would you mind introducing yourself to Tom's audience, and then we'll go ahead and dive right into this thing.
2: Absolutely, and Mike, I appreciate you not putting too much pressure on me with that uh, introduction. Um, but, anyways, Tim Harp, guys, great to meet everyone. Um, I am the director of global customer operations for DSW. Um, I'm a father of four. I'm an avid music guy, and I love to be on a motorcycle when I'm not here trying to create greatness with our customers. So
0: I love that,
1: Tim. I I, I hate to you know start the podcast off like this, but. I have to tell you, I will be at Red Rocks Amphitheater Wednesday night. So oh, oh. I, I apologize. But uh, That's okay.
2: And that's another reason why I have I think of you so fondly. You
1: have to we have to get you out there. We talked about this in January of 2019 when we were in the Dominican Republic. We have to get you yeah. from Colorado to Red Rocks. Wow, well, twist my arm. Twist my arm. Pull up, <laughs> pull, up the cal- pull up the calendar. See what you see what you can find on there. We'll get you out there. You know, we'll even get Maroney
0: out there. There you go. And I saw Maroney snuck to New York for a steak, so I'm sure he'd be down for that. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, Tim, you know, I know uh, with DSW, obviously you guys have partnered with TLC. And, and uh, for our audience who doesn't know about that partnership, um, it, it was really one of the first ones you guys chose as far as outsourcing and and really um, using this to best serve your customers. And we all know how important your customers are for to you guys. Um, why did you choose TLC to partner with though? When, when we know there are other organizations out there, what made TLC special to partner with?
2: Um, fantastic question. So, um, we had gotten ourselves to a point with our business where we had grown the business so much that we were struggling to, to keep up with the volume, right? So everything that we had was in house, and we could not, like I said, we couldn't keep up. So we knew we had to do a couple things. So we approached it from two different ways. We approached it from, okay, we need some technology that can help us, but we also need a really strong partner that can help us along the journey as well. So we started the process and quickly got down to really two uh, two candidates. TLC was one of them, and then there was another one that I won't name but a a very, very huge organization within this industry. And those were the two that we decided to to go head to head against. And I'll be completely honest with you. Um, From the minute I stepped foot in India, I knew that there was something really, really special here. And going through, meeting the people, meeting the leaders, meeting the agents, that could possibly be, um, on our account. I I just, I felt an incredible sense of this feels right. Right. So then we, I do my visits on both sites with both partners, both vendors, and I come back and then now the process really starts. Now you get down to let's talk through how everything's going to work. Let's start sharing documentation. Let's start working through contracts. Let's let's get to a place where we're going to make a decision. And that's where I say there is no one that managed that process as efficiently and as effectively as TLC did. For our business, tempo is a core component of who we are, meaning we move at the speed of light. So I knew what I needed from a partner was someone who could move that fast in any given situation. And that, at the end of the day, became the polar opposite between TLC and the person, the other company that we were um, bidding bidding with. And I made the decision right then and there. I said, you know what, guys, this is where we belong. They move with tempo with us. They have an amazing culture, and the people that I was able to work with and meet, I, I would stack them up against the best. So I made my decision. TLC was the clear winner, and I tell you, there's not a minute that goes by that I don't thank the thank the good Lord above that that's, that's who we chose.
1: Well, I really appreciate you saying that, Tim. You know, one of the things that Mike and I have discussed over the past, well, it's two years now doing this, Mike, two and a half, I think, isn't
0: it? Yeah, just about. We're getting there.
1: Yeah, it seems like five years, but, you know, that's <laughs> the 2020. But, you know, one of the things that, that uh, we've discussed previously, Tim, um, you know, with Mike individually on individual podcasts is the nice thing about being a closely held company is, and with lack of bureaucracy, is that you have that ability to move quickly. Um, You know, you can get on a client such as yourself with a quick phone call, understand what needs to happen. And then instead of having to go up through several layers of bureaucracy to get an answer, you know, and wait a few days, we can immediately put the wheels in motion to accomplish what the clients need to have happen.
2: Yep. And I can tell you, there's not a day that I I don't live that and I don't feel that. And it's, it's such a blessing to have that type of support with your, uh, with your partner.
0: And, you know, Tom, talk a little bit, too, about um, that process, because I think you, you mentioned the relationship there. And I know, you know, we mentioned Tom Maroney and yourself, um, who Tom's also been on the podcast here. And obviously, that, you know, kind of setting that things up in the beginning and kicking things off right. We know a lot of people in that process of presenting can do well. Um, but you guys really seem to have kicked this project off well. How do you guys maintain that in TLC from like the sale to the launch to make sure that there's that consistency?
1: I think it just comes down to, you know, the fact that so many members of our management team have been with us for so long. Um, I was having a, a conversation within the last hour um, with another person on the on the client side of the industry, and they're slightly dissatisfied. Uh, with the current vendor, because he said, there's no tribal knowledge. And, you know, that really rang true to me with the fact that, you know, tribal knowledge not only comes from the perspective of, of knowing your client, but in an organization like ours, understanding what the expectation is of our organization in the marketplace, and the expectation that each person in each department has with the other individuals, in in the peer departments, if you will. So, you know, we we can't do the job, you know, our client services can't do the job with our clients unless they have the buy-in and sense of urgency from information technology and from the operation, you know, even all the way to our finance department and, you know, the expectations for sending bills and, you know, uh, payment information or the needed, Uh, you know, the needed permits, uh, if you will, in, in each state. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, I just think it's an expectation that's set internally. And when you have people that have been with you for not just years, but decades, um, you know, two and a half decades, some of us have been together now, we just know what the expectations are. Um, You know, we know the, we we know what works, if you will. Uh, We know what doesn't work. We don't always get it right. Um, we make mistakes as we've talked about in the past, but when we make a mistake, we own up to it quickly. Uh, you know, we let clients know, say, Hey, we messed this up or we missed a timeline and here's why it happened. Here's what we're doing to rectify the situation. And here's what we're going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. And, and I just, I just believe it's, you know, it's just the overall expectation, um, of the culture, if you will.
2: Yeah. And I think too, again, being the recipient of that culture. Um, I think it's it's amazing because there isn't anything that happens that I get surprised by, right? So your comment about being proactive and making sure that you know if there is a sidestep, then make sure that everyone knows it. Um, that's something that I think lives in your values clear as day because um, I can't think of a time when I had to go back and say, oh, my goodness. How did this happen? And did we not know it was going to occur? Like that never is a conversation that I have with any of my um, TLC partners. There's always a sense of we're in this together and I know information, you know information, and together we can all make the right decisions because everyone is working off the same insights and the same information.
1: Well, and, you know, Mike, I think this says a lot about Tim as well. I mean, he's using some of the exact same lexicon that we've used in in previous podcasts. You know, the no surprises mentality, but that's a two way street. And, you know, there's plenty of times where, uh, you know, clients and and Tim will reach out to us and, you know, there's a change. Something's happened in their, you know, in their business. And and here's, you know, excuse me, here's what can be expected. Um, You know, and so that that's a a two-way street when it comes to communication. You know, the other thing is, and maybe I'm jumping ahead too far, Mike, but when you have an individual like Tim, that's a client, he's just fun to be around, and he invests the time to go to the Dominican Republic and to go to Delhi, India, and see the people face to face, and the folks can can meet Tim and get to know him. Uh, understand that he's a, a really personable and fun guy to be around, and and I believe that when a client puts in that sort of effort to put those type of miles on on a plane ride, that not only do the folks appreciate that, but they get to know the person individually. And I believe that uh, our folks will work harder. I mean, they're always going to work hard, but when you're when you know you're working for a person. And you've met that person you're not just necessarily working for a brand i i think that i think that's huge when it comes to exceeding the expectations of a client
0: yeah and I, it, it, it's so funny you said that tom because that's literally what i was thinking i'm like these guys sound similar right like it, it's almost like there there really is this great synergy between the two of you which i think tim uh, you mentioned earlier that's why they seem like the clear choice. And you know, before we went on air, we were talking about how you guys hadn't seen each other since 2019. Um, obviously, the pandemic took this to a whole new level. And I think you know because that connection, um, and, and seeing people and doing that, that was that was close for all of us in our business relationships. But then I think also for your customers, Tim, this became you know a whole nother level because this was really going to be the main source of communication. Could you share a little bit about, you know, the the relationship with TLC and, 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 you know, being that you had laid that foundation, how did that allow you guys to succeed kind of moving into the pandemic?
2: Yeah. So as we, as we started to hear globally about this pandemic that was coming, um, we started working really, really closely um, myself, Tom about, okay, what does that mean for where we are and what do we think this could turn into? And I think that's the part that's interesting because when we started working through it, it was a, how bad could this get type conversations? And we would lay out how bad we thought it could get and then what we thought we could do. And then how bad we thought it could get actually happened. So, I think the fact that we were close enough that we could share our ideas, our fears, our thoughts um, openly and honestly helped us move so quickly once the pandemic actually took hold and the globe shut down. So, having that happen was devastating for everyone. But I think in our case, we knew that we had a path forward and we knew that we could make that path happen in a relatively short period of time and why i say relatively short period of time is again in in india and in the dominican republic those weren't necessarily places where we automatically assumed that going home to work was something that could just happen because why wouldn't it happen
1: that's right so
2: there was challenges there as to we we think that's the path forward, but can we actually make it happen? So, again, that close partnership and how quickly the teams were able to organize, leave the site, go home and start providing support was, again, it was amazing. And what we had to settle into was, okay, how are we going to stay connected? How are we going to keep everyone informed? And what we ended up doing was we tried to make it as business as usual as you could ever possibly imagine in the midst of a pandemic, meaning our teams communicated constantly. They were together virtually all the time. So there was never a sense of, oh, my goodness, what is going on in India or what is going on in the Dominican Republic? We always knew the answer. Like there was never, ever a point where we were wondering what was currently happening and what was going to happen next week and the week after that and the week after that. Because we had built that plan and we knew. And then once you had the plan built, now it's just execution. And again, I put TLC at the top when it comes to executing on a strategic plan. Like they're there. No ifs ands buts or maybes.
0: Thank you. So you know, yes, to so answer
2: your question, the last piece of it, we did it, and our customer was the beneficiary of it, because although globally there were some adjustments we needed to make by channel, what we were completely engaged with is our ability, because of the strength we had with India, our shoe lovers there were able to keep the written channel, which I'll be honest with you, that written channels, email a chat, is what kept the brand alive for that first three weeks or so of the global pandemic. And having that support was invaluable.
0: Well, yeah, so we know too that um, you know the data speaks volumes. So we know that, that looking at this time too, um, even during the pandemic, we saw incre- increased levels in productivity um, on both sides. How have you guys seen, you know, productivity in both the TLC and the DSW side improve during the pandemic?
1: You know, from a, a vendor perspective, and, and we'll let Mike, I'm sorry, we'll let Tim speak to the client perspective. But, you know, the nice thing about doing the quarterly business reviews with Tim is that their expectation is, is to compare, you know, continue to raise the bar, you know, quarter over quarter, if you will. And things can always be done better. Um, I think anytime you're going to rest on your laurels, uh, especially in light of a major pandemic, um, you know, where every day there's a little bit of uncertainty, that, that's, that's not going to be a good experience for the customer and in turn won't be a good experience for the client. Yeah.
2: So he, here's how I think about... Uh... Here's how I think about uh, the overall results of, and I should have said this earlier. On my first visit, after we launched the program, after my first day there, I said to my team that was there from the U.S., and I said it to my new team that's there in India. I said, you know what, guys? We are rebranding this operation. You guys in India are going to be DSWI. And that distinction between TLC and DSWI, I think, is extremely important because what that said to me was I have felt what it's like to be with this team. And how I feel is I feel like this is a true DSW team. So DSWI has stuck and when we expanded into the Dominican Republic it was the same thing. So DSWDR those are DSW shoe lovers that support our brand and support our customers exactly the way we would want them supported if it was coming out of Columbus Ohio. So that's I think a huge thing to to say. But what I also want to say is Results is what you talked about in the beginning of the question, Mike. And I'm gonna give you some of these statistics and you may or may not believe me, but trust me when I say they are legit and they are true. When I look at where we were prior to our first engagement with DSWI, and then I look at where we sit today, It's astonishing. So from a abandonment perspective, from a speed of answer perspective, from a handle time perspective, we are north of 90% better today. And when I say today, I mean the first quarter of 2021, than we were when we started our relationship with TLC. 90% better in every customer-facing KPI, regardless of channel, phone, email, chat, all of those channels have gotten to a, what I call, extraordinarily world-class experience, which, how can you ask for more than that from a partner? You can't.
1: And I think, Mike, this goes directly to the question you answered a few seconds ago um, that I really wanted to take a little bit of time to think about, which is, you know, you align yourself with clients where you feel you share values. Um, you know how people are treated, uh, how how the customers viewed, things of that nature. Uh, there's certainly been uh, in this company and even in my previous companies where we've had opportunities to perhaps work with the client and we just didn't feel that we were aligned. Um, and 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 so we, you know, perhaps we chose not to answer an RFP or or move forward. And that's that's beneficial for both parties. Right. You don't want to you, you don't want to be doing business with uh, someone, regardless of whether it's a, a, a client relationship or, or what out, excuse me, or whatever else you don't want to be in a relationship with someone who, you know, you don't value, you don't share the same values. Uh, maybe your business perspective isn't aligned. Um, certainly, uh, when it comes to dealing with people, you want clients to understand that it's the folks on the front line whether they're taking phone calls, answering emails, doing chat work, whatever the case may be, that's the most valuable entity in the organization. And, you know, I think that's, you know, it, it's the foundation of a, of a strong relationship is to have similar perspective on, on the values. You know, as far as finding individuals that align themselves with any particular client, uh, you know, we, we're always looking to you know, to screen individuals based upon, uh, you know, certain demographics or certain, um, you know, ideals that they may have. Uh, we're not going to hire a, a 17-year-old kid to talk to a consumer about mortgages because they won't get it, right? Or even an 18-year-old or 19-year-old kid. Uh, you know, so we will find people uh, to staff those phones that are homeowners that that have gone through. A mortgage process before, so they understand it. And the exact same thing goes with retail clients. Um, you know, do individuals shop with DSW online? Uh, obviously, I don't believe that there's a DSW physical store in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, but nope. you, but they wear shoes. And quite honestly, a lot of them are pretty stylish. Uh, and so you know, we're we're always going to be looking at to screen for individuals that you know have a passion. Uh, in this case, for
0: fashion. I love that. And Tim, you know, you guys obviously being a very recognizable brand, like when when you say DSW, I see the store in my neighborhood, you know. Um, I just You can picture where it is, and I think there's a connection with that. When you look at some companies that may say, well, you know, nobody does it better than we do with everything, right? Like we should do everything internally. We don't need to go find, you know, uh, another organization to partner with. But this seems to work so smoothly. What advice would you give to someone you know in their business, that they're like, "No, I, I can't go to an outside organization. We have to do all this ourselves." You know, it, why is it benefit to partner with organizations sometimes?
2: Yeah. So here's what I'll say. I think I think people get scared that they're not going to find someone who aligns to their passions, aligns to their values, and will align to what they expect. The customer experience to be right. So, if you believe that the way you do it, no one else can do it that way. So, my advice to people is think about how you can find that one partner that's out there that thinks, acts, and believes everything you believe. Because I think you'll find it if you look really hard for it. And the people that try it and don't find it, I say, probably didn't pay enough attention up front to make sure that who they were partnering with was truly, truly aligned. Because when you've got that alignment, great things can happen.
0: I I love I love that. I love the alignment, you know, and you know, and Tim, I think uh, on that note, we got, we got a question. Our audience loves fun facts. So uh, we were wondering, and, and this is a question of what is your favorite shoe and how many pairs of shoes do you have?
2: <laughs> well, first, let me say this. Are you allowed to tell one shoe that you're a favorite over another? Because my wife tells me I'm not supposed to tell our kids which one are my favorite. So, I assume that meant for all my shoes as well. <laughs> if, I, if, I have to pick, if I have to pick, so let me say it this way. I have over 100 pairs of shoes. And I have a process in which I don't put a pair of shoes away during the week so that I don't end up wearing the same pair twice in the same week. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but you got to have a process so that everyone gets your attention throughout the month. And again, I'm not going to tell you which is my favorite because I would hurt someone's (laughs) feelings.
0: I I love it. Well, well, Tom, do you have a favorite shoe? (laughs)
1: Um, No, I I don't have a favorite shoe. Uh, I don't think I have as many pairs of shoes as tim has although there may be some that know me that might to argue the point um it's very important though to color coordinate your shoes with your outfit i mean you know i have on a uh, uh blue and red golf shirt today blue golf shorts and blue tennis shoes so today the blue tennis shoes are my favorite shoe
2: <laughs> today Today. Today. Um, oh,
0: <laughs> Good way to answer it, Tom.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. that. That is that is one of the best answers I think we've had. Um, now, and I know the, the, you- I,
1: I can't I can't blame Tim for this fashion trend. I wish he had a little influence. But when the the shoes with the white soles started coming out, I resisted that for quite some time because I'm completely anal on keeping my white shoes clean. But I finally had to buck the trend. And um, you know, so it's important to keep those white soles clean as well. And if Tim had a little influence on the industry to change back to a darker color, that would be
0: appreciated. (laughs) So you know how to keep them clean,
2: Tom. (laughs) You have enough pairs that you can wear that you don't have to wear them every day.
1: (laughs) I may have a backup pair or two of the same shoe.
2: There you go. Perfect.
0: So speaking of shoes and, and pivoting, we talked about pivoting during COVID, but um, I believe you guys have like a little bit of a shared interest, if you will, in motorcycles. Is there some uh, some shared stories there on a motorcycle past Tom? <laughs> my
1: my motorcycles are well in my past, and uh, you know, once um one of my friends hit a deer on his motorcycle. That was one thing, but a few weeks later, when a second guy showed up. That I hadn't seen in a few months, and I learned that he was had put back together with plates and rods, and was still black and blue three months later after hitting another deer. Uh, you know, that that's uh, in rural Iowa. That's not something you want to have happen. So, so might have been sold for some time, but but Tim still has his, and uh, I don't know if the deer population in Ohio is as as large as it is in Iowa or not.
2: Okay. I was waiting for your mouth to stop moving because like any true motorcycle rider knows, whenever you hear someone start to tell a story about an accident, you cover up your ears and you don't listen. That's right. (laughs) 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 But no, to my, my motorcycle, unlike Tom's is very, very, very prominently positioned in the current, not in the past. I
0: I love that. I love that. Well, Guys, listen, this has been super informative. I really appreciate both of you taking the time, and I know our audience does as well. Um, I think it's really great to see not only the partnership, but the friendship you guys have, and that you know that a lot of work is getting done, a lot of great work is getting done, customers being you know, served, but you guys are still having a lot of fun, and I think that's really important. So thank you both for taking the time out today.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Connected CEO with Tom Cardella where we're connecting you to the greater entrepreneurial community at large. To learn more about Tom, visit theconnectedceo.com and follow him on all of his social media outlets. We'll see you on the next episode.